so privileged that you made that journey this morning to be in worship service. Pray that God will bless us that have made that effort this morning. I want to thank you for for all of your prayers. I'm going to to move this back. I'm going to hit my head on if I don't. Uh, i tell you a story about that. I I was preaching in... uh, in Tennessee, and a fellow back then had a radio program, and he had one of them great big mics. And he was a short fellow, and the pulpit was low. And I get up to preach, and about the time I got ready to preach, I looked down and I hit that thing, and the, the whole thing whistled, and they couldn't get it to stop. I said, well, one thing, I got your attention anyway. <laughs> but uh, you got to watch these microphones. They make a lot of noise. But I want to thank you this morning for your prayers for... My wife, who's in the hospital, they run test after test after test, and uh, so uh, she's here with us this morning, but uh, she's taking some medication to try to expand an artery. If that does not work, then they will do uh, either a uh, yeah, bypass or a stent, uh, depending on what they do. She's getting blood from the heart up into the head, into the brain area, and down the other side. And so uh, at least we found out what the problem might be. So we're just praying that God would uh, work to uh, her good and his glory through it all. And uh, we're just glad you're here with us this morning. I, uh, I always like to uh, let you know about the, the little stories that I, I read from time to time. And uh, I thought about the, the, the story of the little gal that was sitting on her grandpa's lap. Uh, he was reading a bedtime story to her. And as he was reading, she was concentrating on what he was saying. She looked up and she started rubbing the side of his face. And Then she would reach over and she would rub her face. She did this two or three times. He realized she had something. Finally, she said, Papa, did God make you? Oh, yeah, honey, he said, God made me a long, long, long time ago. And he kept reading, and pretty soon she rubbed his face again, and she said, Papa, did God make me? Oh, yeah, honey, he made you just a little while back. You're not very old. He made you just a little bit ago. She sat there a little bit, and then she looked up very sincerely and said, God's getting better, isn't he? <laughs> Kids. They have the answers if you just listen to them. We've always loved children because I love to listen to them. And I, uh, you know, every once in a while somebody will tell a story and I'll say, I think that'll preach, you know. <laughs> I think that'll work, you know. So uh, I, I want to share with you this morning uh, uh, amazing words from the cross. There's three amazing words from the cross. In the book of Luke, chapter 23, let me share with you a little bit about that story. Drop down to verse number 32, 2332. It says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place of the skull where they had crucified him, along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know 
what they are doing. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals that hung there hurtled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you a truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Three words, amazing words from the cross, that Jesus said, forgive them. I begin to think about that. Have you ever thought about when your friends and colleagues tell lies about you? Do you quickly ask God to love them anyway? Think about it. When your enemies mock and beat you and insult you, and they shred your back with sharp pieces of iron, blood flows down your face where they shove this crown of thorns into your head, can you find it in your heart to pray for those abusers? When a close friend betrays you, a best friend denies you, ever knowing you, what words can you pray for them? You see, Jesus, in agony and loneliness of such suffering, with His hands nailed to the crossbeam, His feet biked to their uprights, Jesus uttered these words, Father, forgive them. I want you to remember those words. When the pressure is on, we tend to forget God. Do we not? When the pressure is on, we might wonder whether God's loving God is, is even uh, sitting on a throne. No matter how good we are, our instinct for revenge rises in those moments. We don't think as Jesus did. But I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ, we may not intend to hurt or harm or kill but our desire for revenge calls us to get even. When someone does something to us, we, we want to get even. Unfortunately, when you hate the person, think about this, when you hate the person who has wronged you, you become like that person. When you hate the person that's wronged you, you become like that person. Jesus was our example. Jesus was the one that was going to show us the way to deal with pain and help us to move on. And so this scripture this morning is what it's all about. Jesus didn't curse those who persecuted Him, those who deserted Him. 
He prayed for them. When they hurdled insults, as we read in that Scripture, Jesus didn't retaliate. When they tormented Him, He made no threats. When they spit on Him, He didn't return evil. Instead of revenge, Jesus prayed for those persecutors. Wow! How many times have you been able to have the power to do that? When Jesus looked into the crossmate on the right and the left, He prayed, Father, forgive them. Not only those, but these. Pray for them. When the ruler said, You are the Son of God, come down and save yourself, They were ridiculing Him. They were saying, if you claim to be who you say you are, come down from there and save us as well. But Jesus prayed for them. When the soldiers mocked Him and beat Him and grabbed Him by His clothes, He prayed, Father, forgive them. When He thought of Judas... Judas, who had sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, Jesus looked at Judas that day from the cross, and He said, Father, forgive him. When you think about it, when He thought of Pilate and Herod, who possessed the power, think about these two men. They possessed the power that they could, could have freed Him, but they didn't have the courage. And yet Jesus, when He saw them, said, Father, forgive them. When He thought of Peter, who denied ever knowing Him, He prayed as He looked into the face of Peter, Father, forgive him. If you and I have been offended, abused, or violated, taken advantage of, rejected, or hurt, we need to model the prayer that Jesus prayed as Christians. We need to ask God to give us the same kind of power that we can forgive those who abuse us, those who speak against us, those who tell lies about us, those who reject us. We need to pray, God, forgive them because we know where we're going. Who are the them? Ever stop to think about that? When Jesus prayed that prayer from the cross, who was He speaking of when He was talking about the them? He was talking about His brothers who didn't believe Him. He was talking about the disciples who abandoned Him. He was talking about the soldiers that abused Him. He was talking about the crowd, the crowd that would spit on Him as He walked by. The religious leaders who despised Him. The civic leaders who ignored Him. Today, the them are my friend are still around today. Jesus is talking about the news that we heard just within the last couple of weeks in Akron, Ohio, where three teenagers walked into a restaurant and pulled out a gun and shot three or four innocent people had no contact with them. But Jesus is saying, forgive them. Jesus is saying to them today are the sexual abusers, the physical abusers. The them are those who steal and pander pornography. The them who are take lives of the unborn child. The them are the professing Christians who tear down instead of building up. That's who the them are. The them, my friend, today are those who try to take a splinter out of someone else's eye when their eye floats a log in their own. 
The them are the irreligious who beat others and leave them beside the side of the road. But also the them are the religious people who cross over to the other side of the road instead of helping them. You see, those are the people Jesus is praying for. The then, my friend, are us. The them are us, folks. We are the them. We are the recipients of God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And while our task to preach and proclaim the gospel of uh, to denounce sin of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is imperative that we also let those that have sinned know that Jesus still loves them. He loves them and He cares about them. There is nothing you can do in this world, there's nothing you can do in this life, my friend, that Jesus will not forgive. But you have to realize you need that forgiveness. Jesus prayed for you on that cross. It wasn't just for the people that were there that day. All of us are the them who Christ died for. Every one of us. But notice the other criminal rebuked him. Notice what it says. They rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punishing justly, but this man has done nothing to deserve this. But Jesus answered him saying, I tell you a truth, today you shall be with me in paradise. Jesus' conversation that day from the cross with the two criminals teaches us about salvation and about forgiveness. It teaches us about how that we're going to get to heaven. Not every road, let me tell you something, not every road and every religion is going to lead to heaven. It's not. It's just not going to happen. Not every road and people in the name of religious and spirituality leads to heaven. The first thief was more concerned about getting off of the cross than getting to heaven. He said, if, if you claim to be who you are, save yourself and save us. He wasn't saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry. Forgive me for the way I live. Forgive me for the things that I've done that has caused me to be put to the cross. No, he was looking for escape. He was looking for a way out. He took the road of self-preservation. In our society, many people are being tricked into thinking the way of happiness and peace and enjoyment is through acquiring of things and denying themselves a very little. We don't deny ourselves a very little today in the life, our lives. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, We have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are set free from the penalty of sin and live in peace with God. You see, forgiveness results in joy that comes not from a bottle. Those that are out there in the world that think that the only way you're going to enjoy life is to eat, drink, and be merry. Those who think that this time, this day, this very day, you see, with the Super Bowl going on, many people will gather together and they'll get the bottle. They'll think they'll enjoy themselves. Let me tell you something. Joy doesn't come from the bottle. Joy doesn't come from the drug epidemic that is going on in our country today. Peace and joy doesn't come, my friend, from a bottle that we drink out of or, or from a, a, a dose of uh, a drugs, my friend. The only peace that people will ever have is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we need to be preaching Him. Because Jesus is the one that can give us that. Forgiveness results in the gift of eternal life in heaven. You see, Jesus' prayer from the cross is for 
the offender as well as the offended. You see, it's not just for one. It's for the offended as well as the offender. If you have been offended, you need to forgive your offender. And if you happen to be the offender, you need to also pray for forgiveness. You see, that's what it's all about. That's what that prayer means today. And if you are that offender and you hear His word of forgiveness for you, then you need to forgive others. In fact, the Bible says, you are forgiven as you forgive your brothers. You will The same forgiveness will be given unto you. Forgiveness is a reality today. It's not an easy thing for a Christian. It's not an easy thing for a preacher to forgive. There's been many times when people have made accusations and said things and done things, my friend, but it's hard, especially when something hits your life very hard. I've asked my wife this morning to give a testimony of what real forgiveness is because she realized that we realized it in our household. And I'm going to ask her, come this time, Beverly, if you will, and, and share. I'm not done. I just want her to come and share this testimony. But uh, I want her to, to share what, what took place at the time, one, one day in our life. Right there. Oh, yeah, I better bring that back down to you. I'm still a little wonky on my walking, so you'll have to forget that. <clears throat> my world began to crumble on December 23rd. As, as I pulled into the, my driveway and saw our associate pastor waiting for us, he came into the garage and told us something. Bad had happened. As a mother's love is, I knew immediately it had to be my son, Gary. Gary worked at Honda and had finished up his last night on midnight shift and had headed home. He was just about home. In fact, he could have seen the lights of the city. It's funny how quiet it gets the world gets when your child is no longer in it. It was strange that for the last two mornings before the accident, he had called and asked us to go out for breakfast. I remember thinking, I really didn't want to go. I was tired. But I thought I'd better go because one day, he might not ask me anymore. So we went, and that was the last breakfast we ever had with Gary. We would, that we would be with him. The time you are spending with your child might be the very last day. I can still feel that last hug that I gave him and watched him go out the door. And I remember looking out the window and thinking, that's the last time I'm going to see him. And I thought, barely that is crazy. But I still remember that last hug. If you're tall and skinny in Gary's size, I just might come up and hug you with my eyes closed. I was so angry and hurt. I was in my room praying 
God, since I was 13 years old, I have served you. I have been there for other people's children, for other young people. In their time of need, I have sat with them in the hospital. I have taught them in Sunday school, had them in my house. But my son died alone on a road. Why, God? Why my son? A small, quiet voice come into my heart and my head. That's okay, Beverly. I lost a son, too. God knew how I felt. My heart started to change at that very moment. Jimmy and Carrie, my, my children, were home with me when the phone rang. It was the driver of the truck that took my son's life. He asked if he could come to see us. The man was going so fast. It was the man that was going so fast that he hit my son's car, getting it stuck between the wheels, then crashing into a barn and a pole. Wanted to see us? We allowed him to come. Upon arriving, the kids left. They couldn't handle seeing the man that killed their brother. I looked out the window watching this little, this old man with his wife come up the walk. He looked just like one of these grouchy old truck drivers that demanded his side of the road and would take it if you didn't surrender it. I later found out he, he, was, uh, he was retired and was driving that day as a favor to his son. They came in, and I'm thinking, God, what do they want? Haven't they done enough to haven't they done enough to have to look into the face of someone who has just taken your son's life? God, please, please God help me. He began to speak, telling me of the car accident and what happened. Tears were streaming down his face as he spoke, asked for forgiveness from us. How could I forgive him? Remember how fast he was going? So fast he couldn't stop? I walked over to the place where Gary's picture hung. I carried it over to him and said, This is Gary. I know he would want to forgive you too. And he would be glad that you and your grandson didn't get hurt. And I do too. More tears came from the both of us 
We tend to go around thinking in life that whatever we do in our own life only affects us, no one else. I closed my son's eyes in the hospital in death. I hurt so bad, God, but I was able to forgive. Jesus did that for us when he died on the cross. God, his Father, allowed him to die on the cross. And as much as I loved every kid in my church, there wasn't a one of them that I would have gave my son's life for. I love my son so much. But God gave his for the ugliest of all of us. He gave his life. He forgave us all of our sin. But it cost him his son. My heart still hurts. I miss Gary terribly. So much. I think of him always, especially on his birthday. At Christmas, I can feel the days coming up. I still like the tree only in his honor at Christmas. Sometimes I have his jacket. Sometimes I hang his jacket on a chair so that I can see it. And be reminded of him. I'm so glad God gave me the grace to forgive this man that broke my heart. I was able to to wrap my arms around this man and tell him I forgave him. And I really meant it. I think of the Lord's Prayer where it says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I couldn't have have gone on had I not done that. If I hadn't forgave him, I wouldn't have been able to help people who's gone through this too. But God allows us to forgive. Forgiveness is not as easy as just what it says. It's when it comes home that makes it tough. I thought of a young man in Pennsylvania who did it wrong. Working in drugs, collecting money. Took the life of a man. Ended up in prison. We had the opportunity of working with him, him finding the Lord. 
after a number of years coming out, becoming our best friends. But there were people in that church that said, how, how, can, we, how can we be so kind and gentle and loving to that family when there's a family over here hurting? What they didn't realize is, that's what the grace of God is for. That's what it's all about. You see, sin causes a lot of things in our lives. And without Christ, there's no way that we can overcome them. But I thought about that scripture. Notice one of the criminals who hung on that cross hurdled accusations. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Some today who reach out to God are seeking a problem solver. Ever notice that? I've gotten many, many calls through my ministry over 50, 60 years of grandmas and moms and dads, aunts and uncles, who had somebody in their family that was in trouble. Preacher, can you go talk to them? Can you help them? Can you get... You know what? It wasn't that they wanted me to bring them to the Lord. They wanted me to get them from being put in jail. We're looking for problem solvers today who will deliver us from the dilemmas and spare us from the sorrows and help them with their hurts. But the Lord does all of that willingly, my friend, when you come to Him. We must not seek to get to heaven by following the road of self-gratification. Self-pity. Oh, how could God let anybody go to hell? How could that happen? If He's a loving God, a special God, or a wonderful God, let me tell you something. God is a God of love, but God's also a God of judgment. And we need to realize that in the world where Jesus assured the repentant thief that he would join him in paradise. The thief hadn't been sprinkled. He hadn't been baptized. He had never sang in the choir. He never sat in a Sunday school class. And I'm about to lose one too. He hadn't done any of those things that we call religious He had gone from jail to the cross. And on that cross, Jesus turned and looked at him. And when he said, Father, remember, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus didn't question him. Jesus said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. He forgives. He forgets. He buries your deepest sin in the deepest of His forgetfulness. And the Bible says never to remember us again. It would be good for us to do some forgetting as well. Because that's what haunts many people. Think with me. What would your answer be if you were to stand before the Lord today And hear him ask, why should I let you into heaven? Why should I let you into heaven? Why should I let you this day come into my kingdom? 
Some responses might be, well, Lord, I was baptized as an infant. My mom and dad brought me and they, they baptized me. Or, or you might even say, well, I attended church regularly. I was confirmed when I was 12. I joined the church when I was 18. I take communion every time the church doors, the church offers it. Thinking and walking down the road of sacraments instead of the road of the Savior. All of those things, my friend, will not get you into heaven. Now, you ought to do them once you've made your reservations for heaven. But they're not going to get you there. Those who follow the road, uh, uh, my friend, of the Savior will observe those sacraments. But those who follow the road of sacraments may never come to know Jesus Christ. There are people, and I've pastored some of them, that have gone to church for 30 years and never accepted Christ. One church I pastored, we had a great choir. My goodness, I mean, I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic 48 to 50 people in that choir every Sunday. When they would practice on Sunday afternoon, some of the choir members' husbands, two of them I'm thinking of, sat out there and listened to them, and they were so excited with that music. But in getting to know them, they had never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. So when they would come to the choir practice, I would slip in and listen, and I'd walk over and sit down beside them, and I'd say, isn't that wonderful? Think of the message of the song that they're singing. And I'll never forget, James Lindsay said to me about preacher, Phyllis is a wonderful wife and a wonderful Christian. I just wish I had the faith that she does. I said, well, James, what keeps you from having it? Well, I don't know. These guys, I work at the railroad, and they are so tough, and they're this and they're that. He used every excuse in the book. Until one day, he got hurt on the railroad and ended up in the hospital. And I said, you know, James, God not only can bring healing to your body, He can bring healing to your soul. And James accepted the Lord. And today he's in heaven because of it. And so is his wife. Sing in the heavenly choir. Why? Because God forgives if we'll allow Him to come into our hearts and lives. The thief repented was assured that heaven, without ever teaching a class, without ever singing in the choir, he didn't have an opportunity to do any of these things. He didn't even have the opportunity that my friend did, that got saved in prison, became the chaplain secretary. Because you see, he, was, he went from the prison to the cross. He never had a chance for that. He never had a chance of doing anything good. But you know what? God saw in his heart the desire that he had to want to know him and want to go to heaven. You see, you've got to have that desire. You've got to have that longing. You, you've got to have that within you. But I'm going to tell you something. The other criminal that was there, he wouldn't accept him. He was like many people that go to church. You know, there's some that come, and there's some that accept Christ, some that will come to the altar and say, Lord, I know I've lived a horrible life. I know that I've done wrong. I know I need you in my heart and life. And get saved and get on the road to heaven. There's others that will sit there forever and just walk away. Although he had no opportunity to do even one single good, Jesus accepted him that day. 
Do you know something? Jesus will accept you today, no matter what you've done. No matter how you've lived. No matter what road you went down that's been good or bad or what in between. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ has come into the world to save those which are lost. And every person in this building at some time has been lost. And some may still be lost. But I'm here to tell you today, you can be found. Because all you have to do is turn to Jesus as that thief on the cross did that day and say, Lord, forgive me. This day, help me. I want to go to heaven. And Jesus will say to you what He did to them, Father, forgive him. Forgive her. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Many people don't know things are wrong. They're just raised in life that way. It's, it's something they've been raised around. It's an inheritance that they've had. But let me tell you something. You can change by the power of God. Jesus went to that cross for Gary Schwager. He went to that cross for you this morning. Don't let Him die in vain. Don't let the cross mean nothing. My friend, realize that you are in that group that Jesus prayed for on that cross. You are in that group that He was willing to die for and give His Son, give His life for, and that God was willing to let Him die. And just as my wife, I forgive that driver of that truck. See, we knew a little bit about that fellow because he, he was hauling milk, large truck full of milk. Several farmers in our, in our area and some even in our church, he would pick up and deliver their milk. They knew what kind of guy he was. But I'm going to tell you something. There was a change that came into his heart through the tragedy that came. Because no longer was he that tough truck driver that always wanted his share of the road. Now he had been mellowed because of the loss that took place that he'll live with the rest of his life. Don't go away from this building this morning not knowing Jesus. Because he's prayed for you and he's praying for you now. He's saying to you, no matter what you've done, I want to forgive you. I want to take you to heaven with me. And I want you to be on that bandwagon heading to heaven. I know, I know that if my heart skipped two beats and I fell over today, I know where I'm going. When I hear people say, I hope so, I think so, let me tell you something, you're hoping and thinking you probably don't have it. You've got to know it. You've got to know it. And Christ can help you to know it today. All you have to do is surrender yourself to Him. I'm going to let you have that opportunity. You're here this morning and you want to pray. And maybe you want to pray not only for yourself, not only that you get, but you may have someone that you've been looking at and knowing that they need the Lord and you have not taken it serious enough to pray for them. You need to pray for them. Because prayer is what changes hearts and lives of people. Let's stand together. Father, this morning, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for what You mean to us and what You've done on the cross. As You hung there that day with the sweat and the tears and the sorrow 
and the blood that was left. Oh God, how you looked out upon us that are sitting here even today. Before we even were born, you knew us. And Lord, you gave your life that we might have life. So Father, help us today to realize the pain that you went through to save us. And yet, Lord, we sat without coming to know you. Lord, let this be the day that we surrender everything we are and have to you today and ask you to change our lives and help us to be ready that this day that we can know that we're going to heaven because, Lord, you paid the price. Father, speak to hearts and lives right here this morning as we sing. If there's a need, Lord, help them to respond to that need. Don't let them walk out. Lord, not responding. Help them to respond. That, Lord, you might say, this very day you shall be with me in heaven. And help them to know that. In Jesus' name we pray. Will you come as we sing?